0: You are listening to Revealing Real Estate Podcast, where we dive into getting over your fear of taking risk in real estate and making money while you sleep. I'm Nicol Pitizzano, your host and real estate guru with over 20 years of experience. It's time to get real. So welcome back to Revealing Real Estate. Uh, we are excited to bring on our next guest because this is probably gonna be our last show for 2023. And moving into 2024, this was a wonderful year for sure, but a lot has happened. Right now, there's going to be a lot of New Year's resolutions that are going to be taking place. I know personally, myself, every single year, I'm always looking to say, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds, you know, and and that becomes uh, one of those tasks for myself that I want to just kind of work on to getting my health better and, and getting my fitness level better. There's a lot of people that are also going to be looking at the aspect of investing or wanting to start investing into real estate or building their real estate portfolio. So what we're going to be doing today is with our guest, of course, uh, you guys may all know him, Vince Gaetano from Owl Mortgages, who's a mortgage specialist, uh, but he also provides wonderful insight on some financial advice. And what I really like about Vince is that he just says it how it is, and that's what's important. He's not going to fine code, you know, certain aspects of what's happening within the market. So welcome to the show, Vince, and pleasure to have you
1: on again. Thanks, Nick. I always uh, appreciate the the nice intro. I never thought it was that popular, but... You know, it's uh, it's great getting some success on social media as an w- old white-haired guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this young person's uh, medium, so I, I'm a little bit flattered and humbled by um, the uh, social media success.
0: Your experience goes a long way, and you can tell that you're very passionate, and you're there providing um, some wonderful insight um, on the market and, and where the market is going, and, and a I think, I think for at a very high percentage, I don't know what that number may be. A lot of times when you do say something, it does come to reality. And, and these are, this is just kind of what the known is. And you have a wonderful show on Instagram. It's called uh, the wise old Owl show. Um, you actually have been blowing up on YouTube, which has been wonderful. I know that 2024 for yourself is going to be approaching, but what I want to start talking about right now is kind of where the housing market is going to be going for 2024 What's your insight for mortgages and and interest rates? And how can people really start planning for the future to what's to come? Um, So I want to kind of just get your opinion on that and just kind of see your take on where this market is going.
1: Well, first of all, I'm a stats junkie. I'm a data nut. I like behavioral trends. I like really drilling down to seeing what what all the data and all the facts are saying and put together a thesis or uh, some concepts that I think could happen. Um, 2024 is going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult on a a few fronts, and I want to start with unemployment. I think unemployment is going to be quite a concern, and there's three red flags out there right now that are are concerning to me. Number one, we've seen unemployment go up from 4.9% to 5.8% in a very short period of time. That's probably the largest jump in a short period of time in decades. That's, That's number one flag. Number two flag is that over the last few years, employers have had a difficult time bringing on good staff, good quality employees. And they're very reluctant to let them go now. But one of the things that the stats is telling us is that the average weekly hours worked is down about 1%. So they're not extending hours, they're not providing overtime hours. And that 1% in the grand scheme of things is the equivalent of 180,000 jobs lost wow. in the last three months. Wow. And the third red flag is that the financial services sector in the last three months has lost 4.4% of the job force. Those so are big numbers. Th- those are very big numbers. And and I think what's going to happen is we're going to see a, 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 a big spike in listings in the new year as more and more mortgage renewals come up uh, for uh, maturity, um, we're looking at anywhere between 75,000 and 100,000 maturities every month over the next 12 and 18, 12 to 18 months, which is a big number. That's going to be a lot of payment shock. And that could start having some folks start worrying about, you know, is this the right place for me? Should I be downsizing? Should I be doing something different? Should I be adjusting my budget? Should I be spending less? So you're going to see a tr- transformation the way people's mindset are on consumption, spending, and whatnot, and possibly moving. Now, everybody says, well, there's going to be opportunities. There will be for savvy investors. But here's the problem. If people are worried about their job, they're not buying big items. Correct. And that could be the, the, the wrench in the machine that's going to slow things down. And it will take... 12 to 18 months to clear that out. It will take a a rate decrease to get people to spur on activity. But this time, when they drop rates, if they ever do, and I think it's going to be higher for longer, it's going to take a while for people to get that confidence back to go out and buy. But there are going to be those that have opportunities ahead of them that will do well in a market where there's going to be some value. And those are what professional realtors professional finance people are looking for is value because nothing's penciling out right now on an investment side so there's not a lot of deals per se but i think there will be more in the coming year
0: yeah and the big stat that i think we should be looking at here is unemployment for sure and as unemployment starts to rise and people don't generate their income you know at the end they can't pay their mortgages and when they can't pay their mortgages you're gonna get this big surge of of supply that comes to the market and in our business it's all about supply and demand We've lost a big chunk of our marketplace, right? We've lost investors. Uh, we lost speculators for sure. Gen Zs and millennials right now. The unaffordability is very real. And I believe that the approval process for them is that much more difficult because as these young, aspiring entrepreneurs or people that are in the workforce, you know, when they start out within their jobs, they're not really making a lot of income, right? So it's hard for them to get approved on these mortgages. So what does that leave you with, right? It leaves you with the end user which is maybe you know 20% of our market or 30% of our market. There's a big chunk there. Now, when we talk about the mortgage renewals that are going to be coming up for 2024, we're talking about 30% of mortgages that are currently funded by the banks right now are going to be coming out to market. It's a, that's a big number. I think that number we're looking at is about $186 billion worth of finances that are going to be you know having to renew. And we talked about payment shock and that payment shock is going to kick in For a big chunk of those people, and Canadians are resilient for sure, they're going to be able to kind of, um, you know, get through the process and find ways to actually pay those mortgages down by cutting back on certain expenses or costs that were associated prior into good markets. But now, at this point in time, maybe they're going to sell some of their toys, their boats, their Porsches, whatever that may be. But the point of that matter is is that um, there are going to be those that can't afford to make those payments. And that's going to be a big chunk of those 30% renewals. You said how many mortgages per month are coming out for 75000
1: 75000 So how many of those people are
0: actually not going to be able to make those payments and going to have to relinquish their properties and put them up for sale?
1: Well, Canadians are resilient. Yeah. Right? Canadians do pay their mortgages. Our delinquency rate is still relatively low. I think it's at 0.16%, uh, 16 basis points. You know, concern should be around 30, 35 basis points. So we're at less than half of that. But... I think it's going to put strain on people. If there's a double uh, income household and somebody loses their job, that's a big problem, right? It's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. And uh, EI only goes so far. And when you have kids and you got uh, dependents that are relying on you, it, it just puts a lot of strain on people. But, you know, you, you talked earlier at the top of the show that everybody has a New Year's resolution. They want to lose <laughs> weight. I think people should start reducing their debt by 15, 20%. Mm -hmm. I think that should start being the goal. Because if you have less debt, you become less of a slave to the lenders and to your debt. And and I think that's something people got to start thinking about. Maybe getting rid of that tax-free savings account that really isn't doing anything for you. What are you really saving? If you're not making anything on it, what are you saving? Use that money to pay down your debt. If you have other investments that aren't really performing for you, cash them out pay down your debt if you could lower your debt level and get to zero as fast as you can nobody owns you you don't have any stress you don't have any anxiety about rates and all that stuff and you know i'm almost talking myself out of business but the reality is is when you owe less you're in control right and and that's the that's got to be the 2024 resolution um is, is to try to minimize your debt load so that way, when rates do go up and down, you're not impacted as much. And I think if people could get into that mindset and focus on in good debt, which is investment a uh, debt on investments that make you a return, build your wealth, instead of bad debt, which is used for personal use, I think people got to start shifting that mindset and yeah. working through a budget, a plan, a strategy to get them further ahead.
0: Interest is a killer, right? And if you look at the Canadian consumer debt ratio right now, uh, it's I think 180%. That, it's 180%. Yeah, I think that we're in, in trillions of dollars in yeah. debt right now. And there's a lot of people that have overexceeded, overused their MasterCards or their credit w- with these credit card companies. You know, their line of credits are getting maxed out. They're driving these high-valued vehicles quite often, right? And now they have these car payments that are there. The Canadian consumer debt is really quite high. The, the ratio on that is around... 180%. 180% on that, and I think is in the trillions of dollars yep. in regards to that. And I think through the G7 right now, Canadians are at the top of the list in regards to consumer debt. And that is a big problem because people have overused their credit, whether through uh, their credit cards or through lines of credits. Uh, they got you know these high-end vehicles that they're driving right now that they really can't afford to be driving. Price of gas has gone up. The consumer um, uh, price index has is, is definitely shot up and an increase in value where the cost of goods are now very expensive. Things sooner or later will have to break. So my question is to you, what can people start doing for 2024 to start preparing themselves within that market so that they could not be in a financial situation where they have to now... Give up their house to the banks on a foreclosure or a distress sale.
1: Well, I think it comes down to understanding what's going in and what's coming, what's what's coming in and what's going out of your budget, right? I think it's become too easy to consume today. All you gotta do is tap, tap. You could tap four or five times in a day, and not realize you spent 120 bucks on mm-hmm. frivolous things, right? And,
0: and the funny thing is, too, at the end of the month, that bill's coming in right, And then if you don't pay that bill, you know, that interest on that credit is very high. And that's what really destroys people. I know for myself personally, at the end of every month, if I use that tap, it's getting paid off.
1: And, and one of the things I tell people is, listen, you could be very innovative and you'd be, you could be using all the uh, technology that's helping you make life easier. But do this for you, for yourself. Print out the last three to six bank statements and credit card statements in hard copy, because mm-hmm. usually when you're looking at your transactions, you're only seeing four or five at a time on your phone. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing the whole month. Yep. You got to scroll, right? And right. you're really only visualizing five or six at a time. Print those statements. Look at what you're spending money on, and believe me, you could find a lot of stuff in there that probably you don't need, right? So, and always, and that are probably fixed. Exactly, right? they're fixed expenses: S- subscriptions, mm-hmm. memberships. Um, you know, I always chuckle. January, everybody joins a gym. By March, nobody's going anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the, the payment's still going through every month. Right. So people have to start taking a bit more responsibility and respect the money you earn. Don't give it away. Don't spend it frivolously. You work hard for it, get as much out of it as you can. So start looking at those statements. Start looking at what is a need and what is a want and just focus on what you need. Because that's the first step. Because you can yeah. find three, four, five hundred 500 bucks call your uh, auto and home insurance company and say, listen, I need a break. I need, increase the deductible. Increase uh, uh, lower coverage. Find out if you really need everything you have. You might save a few hundred bucks. These are all things you have to do in a proactive manner to help keep more of your money in your pocket, to help you pay for the increase in, in interest rates that's coming on that renewal, on that maturity date, which you better start preparing for. And for the folks with variable rates that had static payments, you're going to adjust that maturity too. So not only are you going to see a rate increase, you're going to see a payment increase to take in all the negative amortization that's, that's uh, been piling up for the last few years. So these are all things people got to do. And you got to be creative. Find part-time jobs if you can. Um, you know, Rent out a basement if you have the ability yeah. to convert now that the bylaws are in place for you to do so look at the opportunities that are out there to help you increase your income and lower your expenses. If you look at the
0: new rates today, the average is about, and we're going to talk about a big chunk of the population, the average is about 60% of the income that they produce is going to go towards their mortgage payment every single year, which I think average household income right now is about 120000 combined income between husband and wife. right? So it leaves you with 40%. You're really not being able to save... Especially when you got all these um, interest that you're paying every single month on these line of credits or these credit cards and stuff like that. What's your opinion on the best option for somebody to start consolidating their debts? Would you recommend to maybe have speak to a financial advisor like yourself or a mortgage specialist who can maybe, if that renewal is coming up, maybe increase slightly, you know, that mortgage that they have on their home. Take an extra thirty thousand, pay off all that credit card debt, pay off that line of credit you know, have that clean balance. I know you're going to have a little bit of a higher mortgage on it, but at least it's that one mortgage payment that's going to come out every single month and it helps you manage a little bit better. Would you recommend something like that?
1: Well, Nick, I think there's going to be a balance that people have to figure out between cash flow and interest cost. And the next 12 to 18 months could very well be a cash flow crunch. So people should be lining up all their debts, finding out what their payment obligations are, And is there a way to minimize that so they could get through the next 12 to 18 months? They may spend a little bit more on interest, but if you can reduce the cash flow to get you through the hump and and see to it that you get to the next uh, 18 months, that may be the plan. But you should sit down with somebody. There are great budgeting apps out there. There's a ton of them. Um, and and none of them come to mind because I don't want to be an advertiser. I don't want to advertise any of them. But if people need help with this stuff, reach out to a mortgage professional. You call my office. I'd be happy to help you out. But there are opportunities for people to limit their cash flow or improve their cash flow by doing some type of refinance, restructuring, I call it. Yeah. uh, Because the interest rates are still relatively high to what they've been paying before. But credit cards lines of credits are still much higher than 7% that you're going to get in the market. today. So there may be an opportunity. But I also think that folks are going to be really stuck between do I lock in for a long term or do I wait for the variable to come down. And there's this balance and this fight that people are having about what to do. And this is where we look at how much they earn, how much equity they have, how much timeline they're dealing with. And we got to make some assumptions. We got to Forecast some things and, and let them digest what's best for them and their family. Because it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's sure. not.
0: And and I think most importantly, what people forget is to make sure that they pay themselves first. And they forget to do that themselves, right? You, you gotta put that a certain percentage of whatever income you're doing towards, you know, a safety net. And I think people don't do that today because they're just too busy just paying off their MasterCard first and paying them off first and paying their line of credits first and paying their mortgage, right? And I know they got to put food on the table but it's kind of almost prioritizing yourself because you need to have, you know, a safety net for yourself and for your family just in case these things do arise where markets will shift and they turn. And those that haven't prepared themselves are they going to be the ones that are going to put themselves in financial strain. And there are people right now that are going to be coming up for those mortgage renewals that are going to be facing this payment shock. It's going to be hard for them. So they should start looking at maybe sitting down with a mortgage professional, look at what their options are, look if they can start consolidating some debt, look if they can start paying off a lot of the debt that they've currently built up over the years, you know, and there's a lot of people within that position. And I think that's a good start right now for 2024.
1: And in some cases, the answer is going to be you should sell. And and, right? and, and that and, may and, be and the that, situation. And that's Correct. the part that uh, yes. is tough to hear. Yeah. And unfortunately, in cases like that, it's the right decision. Yeah, people are over that, their head. Yeah. When you have, when Sometimes you're has got to pull chips off the table. They exactly. Say, right? Like yep. when you're running out of money before you run out of month, you got a problem. <laughs> so yeah. you gotta you gotta improve your situation by making a change. And a lot of people get stuck in these situations where it's like, no, I could get through it. Like, wow, the hole's getting bigger, bigger. So. You, you don't, uh, you know. They say when you're at six feet under, you don't you stop digging. Like you don't need to dig anymore. Like yeah. get out and, yeah. f- and figure it out. Yeah. But some people just can't come to grips with the reality that they got to make a change. Um, I don't know if it's peer pressure. I don't know if it's trying to keep up with the Joneses. I'm still trying to figure out who these fucking Joneses are. <laughs> I want to know who they are. Like everybody talks about them, but nobody knows who they are. Yeah. So um, people got to start looking at reality and and face the music and make some tough decisions that. Is going to help them long term. Yeah, and I want
0: I want people to understand if if they think that this market is going to start increasing by the spring, because we know in real estate, historically speaking, you know the spring markets are the best markets, right? And and most of the time when we we're going to see increases that take place in, in the housing market itself, values majority of the time have gone up through the spring market, and they probably set the precedence for the entire year of what's going to take place after that. And I want people to understand that if you're waiting out in the market right now thinking that your house is going to go up in value and you're deciding that you're going to hold off and selling your house now, thinking that you don't want to lose potential income or potential value or profits that are going to come in on that sale, I would think twice. The spring market is not going to really entail big increases in value and we can see further drops in the real estate market. And and that depends on areas, of course, too, right?
1: I I agree with that. But I I read something uh, the other day. It said... uh, Nobody knows how this horse, how this race is going to end up because it's all invisible horses being the data. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But Agreed. what what I, what I will say is this: Agreed. if you're in need of a home, what the spring market could provide you is choice, and you may not have to settle for something that maybe you kind of have to eh, give up much on on your on your list of priorities. Correct. You might have the option now to. Pick and choose what works best. If it's a long-term play, and I think we're going to run into a situation where the length of time people are in homes is going to be longer than it used to be. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to settle. They're going to have a a longer tenure in a home as opposed to the last Mm -hmm. few decades. Mm -hmm. I think I have some
0: stats on those numbers. Yeah,
1: and, and I think what's going to happen is people are going to have choice, and they're going to buy a home that's going to work for them, And it may go down next year, but they're in the right home. And then it's a decision on, do I lock in? Do I get a short-term rate? So I wait till rates settle and then maybe lock in at at a different time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is where the variable is starting to make a comeback. The variable has been shit on the last few years because it's been moving up. But the Bank of Canada has made it clear that we're probably at the top end. Okay. Right. I, I think it's fair to say And, that and for
0: years, uh, mortgage specialists have been saying stay on the variable, stay on the variable, yes. stay on the variable.
1: It stings right now because at 7.2 retail prime, you know, you're know, you still in the sixes if, if you're off a of prime on that mm-hmm. variable rate. But that variable does give you the option to lock in. So if things start settling down and we're seeing – the fixed rates moved down a little bit because the five-year bond market has been moving down. So we are seeing some movement afoot. It's like that hesitant barber not cutting as much off your head as, as he wants. The Banks are like that. You know, they're very hesitant on... They're cautious barbers. They do right. not want to cut everything all at once. They want to be very patient. They're yeah. very slow yeah. coming down. And they're
0: not in the business of selling homes, right? They no. want to continue that mortgage payment. They're in the business of just but lending them. we the are money.
1: seeing rates come down on the fixed rate side. Not a whole lot, but it's a good sign. We're starts not seeing sevens anymore. We're seeing low sixes. We're starting to see some fives. This is good. Enjoying this episode? Leave us a review letting us know what you want to learn next and make sure you're following our podcast to be the first to hear our new episodes every Friday. You can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for full video and behind the scenes access. What troubles me is OSFI came out yesterday and said they're not going to change the stress test. And they look at this annually. So we're not going to see any movement on the stress test till late next year. And that That, just got announced yesterday. That just got announced yesterday. So there's not going to be any relief on that. They don't want to spur the market. They obviously want to see how these negative AMs, how these these maturing mortgages play out and how people deal with them. And we could be in a situation where there's going to be opportunity for those that want to buy. They might pay a little bit more on the interest rate, yeah. but they might have a house that works for them for a long time. My
0: advice to those that are that are going to be looking to either want to buy something and maybe sell what they got, um, definitely look at first selling your property first because as you mentioned, there will be an, uh, an inventory rise within the market and I think there's going to be some selection for people to choose from. So I don't think it's going to be difficult to place somebody into a new home. Um, what I would also take a look at is to make sure that when you go out there and you want to find a property look at really negotiating and finding a real estate agent that's going to be able to find you and put you into the right deal Um, it's going to be imperative i think agents will get you into opportunities that most of the time you won't even realize that are there and that's the benefit of hiring a professional and there's a high percentage of canadians today that want the advice from a professional real estate agent and want to get on to working with a real estate agent because it's going to help them through it. You know, Vince, you're a successful guy, you know, you buy and sell properties yourself, would you ever consider not using a
1: real estate agent? No. Yeah. Um, we, we. It's uh, important. I, I think if you know someone who understands the market, they're going to give you insight that you probably don't know. And I don't have access to MLS. I don't have access to past records. I don't have access to what's gone on in the street. But nor
0: do you have the time to even
1: look at this. I don't have nuts. the time. Yeah. You have to make sure you're dealing with someone who's been around, who's got the experience, who's got the knowledge of the market, per se. And you're going to be in good hands. Now, are there some duds out there? Sure. You know, uh, you know. I, I hear that there's
0: always a bad apple in a group of, of many. There's
1: bad apples in real estate. There's bad apples in mortgage brokering. There's bad apples everywhere in any industry. That's why it's incumbent on everybody to do their due diligence and deal with someone who's been around. Because yes. people who've been around and have seen the market go up and down could give you insight and look at those little problems before you see them. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you insight on these are the hurdles you got to deal with. These are the pitfalls. This is what you should be looking for. This area comes into these type of issues from time to time. That's valuable, especially now. You can't afford to make mistakes. Yes, right? Yep. And you know, I always uh, you know we talked the other day on the show you know, about the investor market. It's dead. So if an investor comes to you and says, I want to buy a, a, prefab, a pre, pre-condo, you're going to say, I don't know if it's the best, di- best time right now.
0: Exactly. And you're going to get that kind of advice, especially in, when you're selling your house. You want that agent who's going to be able to produce value towards getting that home exactly. sold. They got a big database. They specialize within an area. They know their markets. They understand what it's going to take to get a home sold today. These markets essentially sometimes work better for me. And the reason I say that is because nowadays you're not going to hire that guy, you know, has a full-time job as an accountant, but also has his real estate yes. license and doesn't practice within the business full-time. So sometimes these markets are better and they're, and they're good for me. It does take a little bit more to get the property sold. There is a lot of more cash out of pocket to invest into creating more traffic to these listings to get them into, into a situation where they can get you know, value for their properties. Um, and I do believe that we are going to be turning into more of a balanced market itself, right? And yeah. we're headed into that. It won't be a buyer's market. I don't think there's going to be enough inventory on the market to get to that level. And we haven't seen a buyer market in in a decade. Yeah. You know, so.
1: It'll be interesting. I I think 2024 is going to be a year of uh, specialization. I think uh, there's going to be a segment of the market that's going to be ready to pounce. And they're going to be looking for a specialized type of product. Um, With the new bylaws, new legislation to introduce four units as of right into Vaughn. Into Toronto, it poses a, an unbelievable opportunity. And it allows folks that may have some issues uh, qualifying for a mortgage to have additional income sources in a property mm-hmm. to help them qualify. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. now we got to get Austin, awesome. we got to get the lenders and CMHC involved in that aspect of okay, you want to introduce this new type of home. Now allow the buyer to make it affordable for them to buy. So Mm -hmm. if they're going to live in one and rent out two, rent out three units, maybe the income that's earned could be used to qualify. Right. Because right now the offset's about 50%. It's not enough. Why is it only 50%? If there's a a, a lack of units that are out there to be rented, why would you only use 50%? You should use more. And well, this is well, what will if allow if you're sp-
0: generating that income from that exactly. basement apartment that's generating $2000 a month, why not be allowed to use 100% of that income? It's income that's going to be produced from, from the property.
1: 100% and this is where I think the industry has to lobby lenders the government OSFI, to start looking at different ways of qualifying people. Makes sense. Now, granted, lend, lenders lend out their money And they want to minimize risk and they have their qualifying criteria set so that they have a low delinquency rate. But you have to start looking at supporting the policies that the government's introducing with easier financing. And right now, credit is tight. It's difficult to get a mortgage. The stress test is is fucking just horrendous for folks. Affordability is not there. So even if we have a bunch of of properties out in the market that are listed because of people unable to afford them, who's going to buy them? Right. That's the other problem. So when you got unemployment, you got tough credit, people have to go in the alternative, the private space. Those rates aren't fun.
0: They're not. And today, if you had liquid cash within the bank, you know, you can keep those funds in. And that's why the investors, and and take 5% on your income, and now you're actually, your money's still growing right now you know being cash in the bank a lot of times in the good markets we were talking about not keeping cash in the bank because you're not going to generate enough of a return on your investment there right putting it into real estate was one of the big options because we were seeing 10-15% increases that is not good for the market when you're seeing those kind of jumps within the market stagnant increases that are balanced at 5% per year are very healthy and I feel it's much more healthier that way than jumping 15% because it could get people in, in, in some trouble. And it has. I've seen the tears. I was at the kitchen tables. I've seen the crying. It's a where, lot of you it. Know, They bought within the market that, that they paid a premium thinking that they were going to sell their house at a very high value. And all of a sudden, the market just crashed. You know, by twenty percent now, the house that they bought is is down in value. The house they have to sell is down in value, and we were talking 400 dollars swings for people. Well,
1: and they got caught. Just looking at the TREB reports, and everybody has access to the TREB trreB.ca dot uh, website. You go on the on the Market Watch archives. Mm-hmm. You pull the average TREB price um, from February of twenty twenty two and you look at November, 2023, there's a 19% decrease in the average price across the board. Across the board. Yeah. The last six months, it's been nine and a half percent. So those tears that you're talking about are real. Those are people that bought in the, in the, in the height of the market are seeing a problem. They're unable to refinance or unable to move if they have to, if they are speculators, they're getting hammered. There's real tears, as you said, right. And, um, Listen, every market's not perfect. You're going to have winners. You're going to have losers. Yep. And what we're trying to do uh, with the podcast, with my show, with your show, is to educate. Is to put people in the right position to make an educated decision for a long-term play. And that's what it's all about. Yep. It's giving people enough information so they can make the right choice to protect their wealth, protect their assets, protect their family from a problem, from a a situation that's not fun.
0: Correct. And and, it, and it's keeping that money safe and, keep it, and keeping, keeping them safe too as well. And that's what it's all about for us right now. So going into now, you know, we are at the end of the year for 2023, we're going to be going into 2024. I know that, you know, myself personally, I spend a lot of time into looking on how I can continue growing every single year, right? For me, January 1st comes, it's a new year again, you know, in my business, whatever happened now for 2023 is in the past. I got to restart all over again. Um, what are some of the things that you are doing to prepare yourself for 2024 uh, business-wise? Because I know a lot of successful people, you know, uh, friends of mine, those guys are always at this time of year taking that time to plan. Are you taking that time right now to plan for 2024?
1: Well, we're starting a new business. <laughs> Who starts a new business? Yeah. Um, but we, we, uh, we're happy to... Uh, to start a new franchise, it's it's called uh, Real Property Managers um, Wealth Builders, and we're going to be a property management company. Nice. We're going to be ready January first. We're doing all the onboarding, and uh, get all the systems ready, all the software ready to to help folks that need a hand with the landlord tenant uh, relationship. And uh, you know, there's a lot of investors that want to do it, but fear that that relationship and don't really want to deal with tenants. Well, we'll do all that for you. We'll also uh, vet the tenants, we'll be a reporting landlord. So what that means is we will be reporting on the credit bureau um, a tenant's payments uh, on time to help them with their credit score. We'll also uh, report when they miss a payment. So uh, we're going to underwrite that tenant like a mortgage client. We're going to do a full assessment, full bank statements for the last 12 months to make sure they've been making their rent payments on time and really drilling down to make sure we got a quality tenant. And we'll manage the whole process. There's some automation in in the process as well, which we're really excited about. And I really believe that it's an add-on service for our clients that want to grow. Uh, We do have a lot of clients that have one rental property, and they kind of think it's enough. But... They like the concept, just don't want to put themselves out there and get calls in the middle of the night, have to deal with the There's a lot of work involved, for sure. There's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And it also eliminates that uh, relationship you have with tenants. A lot of landlords that are mom and pops, they get friendly, and they never increase the rent because they don't think bumping it up 25
0: bucks is worth it. Sure, they're getting paid every month. They don't want to disrupt things. They don't want to ask the question.
1: And And then before you know it, 10 years go by, and they... Are wor- they're upset that their rent is below market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we do all that. We will make sure we process everything. We will assess the property. We'll clean it up. We'll make sure it's ready. We'll try to get optimum rents. We'll do market analysis. And uh, we're really excited about that. And what prompted this is this whole evolution of the city of Toronto being short units. And as you know, uh, you can- came down to a couple of our sites. We do a lot of repurposing. And um, i like to think we're now specializing in this, where we're converting a single family into three, four units and adding additional revenue streams for that investor. Yeah,
0: and it's thinking outside the box. You know, it's, it's seeing the future.
1: And we're excited. And we have a MEC uh, that I run as well that allows us to offer some construction financing to our, our preferred contractors that know how to get these things done. And it's a really interesting uh, dynamic because... We plan on doing uh, regular workshops next year with investors that want to grow. And there is a, a need out there, and some will think that, well, this is kind of opportunistic. But the reality is, is that's where we're going. And I can't stop government policy. I can't uh, dictate government policy. But this is where the world's going. And um, sadly, the middle class was a group of people that Felt that home ownership was what made them middle class. And the middle class has now seen home ownership out of reach. And that's sad. That's that's the situation we're in. And I think what we're trying to do is create an opportunity for folks to fill that void. And um, it, it's not popular uh, to some, but the reality is this is what's happening. And we're just trying to adjust and adapt mm-hmm. to the market and, mm-hmm. and pivot accordingly
0: what would you advise for the young mortgage agent who didn't have a good 2023 as the market turns? It's hard to get approvals. It's, it's, it's hard to find that client. It's hard to build on the relationships today. Um, Is there any advice that you would give somebody who's inspiring to become a, you know, a a top professional uh, mortgage advisor to start planning now for 2024 in these difficult markets?
1: Well, experience is going to drive the market. And if you're new, I think you should uh, find a mentor. I think you should uh, uh, take the chips off the table and realize that experience, knowledge, is going to get you further ahead. And you might have to take a back seat for a year or two mm-hmm. and, and learn under somebody who has all the tools.
0: And in business, you have to do that. Sometimes can't you've got to be- take five steps back to make ten steps forward. Exactly. So yep.
1: you can't be a one-trick pony anymore. Like The A business is so tight right now, nothing's getting approved. So what do you know about the alternative space? What do you know about the private space? Do you have a full stable of private lenders that can help and make sure they're fair? Because there's a lot of private lenders that gouge. And as an aspiring uh, mortgage broker, if you're gouging your client, it's a one and done. You're only going to see that client once. Right? Like we're known... And I get criticized by- and no it. business will survive on that. No business will survive. You want, like, you,
0: you're in business for the long term, for we the long run. We
1: do private mortgages for almost nothing, okay? Like people laugh at us when we when we charge our fees because the reality is I'm not going to kick somebody when they're down. I know that if we treat people with respect and dignity and, and price it right, they're going to come back when they need to refinance yep. because we're only doing it because we know there's an exit strategy and there is a rehabilitation plan and a graduation plan down the road. And we give them the, the tools to get there. And, and that's what a lot of these new folks, even on the real estate side, are missing. They're missing that knowledge. They're missing that experience. They're missing that guidance from someone who knows the market. Yeah, and, it's and, imperative. They always, Correct. and they always believe that they know better than the guy who's been around. Right. And that's yeah. where they make mistakes. We clean up a lot of messes. <laughs> I we, agree. we clean a lot of messes. Yeah. We're, we're exhausted this year uh, with all these messes. Uh, I'm happy to say... 2024, uh, 2023 uh, was better than 2022 as far as units, volume. Um, We're we're dealing with more and more clients. And it's because they're looking for expertise. They're looking for experience. They're looking for people that know what
0: they're doing. In these markets, people will look for that. And 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 I talked about it earlier on the show. You know, my number has actually increased from 2022, believe it or not. And we are in a down market, one of the worst markets I've seen in some time. And the reason is is that somebody's going to want to start dealing with somebody who's experienced and and who has the education and the funds to actually put behind that particular listing because it's not zero. It does cost you something to take on work. There's staging involved, photography involved, touch-ups involved. You know, know, nowadays we do with a pre-owned certified program where we actually get the home inspected. Like there's so much value that we're going to do to provide for that buyer to give them a peace of mind and on their product that it's not cheap. But it does create value. There, there, is, there is a lot that, that goes into selling a home. And our marketing campaigns are far bigger than majority of the realtors out there right now because they don't have the pockets to do that stuff. Look at social media today. Why do we do this podcast? Why are we always constantly promoting ourselves on all social media platforms? Because it's getting the word out there. And you know, the worst thing you can do as a real estate agent is not promote a property that's for sale. We want everybody to understand that when we have a house for sale, we want all consumers that are looking in the marketplace to really see this home if it's within their budget and location and the size of the home that they're looking for. So there's a lot that goes into it, and and that's what uh, we are looking for in our plans for 2024 is how do we connect to, you know, those 30% of mortgage renewals that are going to come up that may be in some financial strain. How do we get their attention? You know, from the back end, using social media as a wonderful platform, we feel that we can engage with our audience and and our center of influence, you know, just by asking if they're okay, you know, how is their financial situation? Do they need any financial advice? Do they need any real estate advice? Making sure that, you know, those talks are happening, that we can start helping them plan in advance so that they are not going to get into a situation where they're getting a phone call from a bank that they're going to have to put up their house, you know, uh, under power of sale. Nobody wants to have that letter that no, comes in or that phone call, right? And, and you know what, so Nick, that's what we're trying to do right now for 2024.
1: And the expertise and the knowledge is powerful. And I'll give you one example. We had a, a case where um, a couple we dealt with five years ago came up for renewal, payment shock. Spouse is on mat leave. Mat leave's now 18 months. So you went from a double income, no kids, to one income, three mouths to feed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? Good equity position, but still, you got one less income. Mm-hmm. EI only pays so much. Right. Okay? So we looked at where the property was located. It was near Subway. Bungalow. They had an empty basement. We called Nick and Rob. Let's get um, a basement unit priced out. Mm-hmm. Put a little second mortgage on. Guess what? They're now getting 2300 a month
0: mm-hmm.
1: for a one-bedroom mm-hmm. by Subway. Sure. All of a sudden, we created an opportunity, cost about sixty-five grand. we did it right. It's very, very well appointed, good lighting, egress windows. So it's possible. And these are the solutions that within four or five months, we were able to create an income stream that's given them a hand. Okay? Which is amazing. And, and, and these are the things that are available when you deal with someone who's got experience, who's done it before, who's able to tap into their resources to get things done quickly. And these are stories that I think are going to be more common Mm -hmm. with folks that have that wide net and network. Mm -hmm. And people are going to be seeking these type of solutions Mm -hmm. in 2024 and beyond because things will get more expensive, both on the lending side and with
0: inflation. And I just want to clarify too, the reason why you're going to get them a second mortgage on it uh, because that, that second mortgage will come with a little bit of higher interest rates, but it's short term. You're providing yes. a short term solution because what majority of people will do and what, what I'm sure you will advise is that once you finish that basement and you put a separate entrance and now it's a basement apartment and you're generating $2,200 a month, you just increase the value of that property. Correct. So when that mortgage actually comes up for refinancing, you know, you can, you can then go get, you know, enough money from from your A lender or your first mortgagee so that you can pay off the second mortgagee. You've consolidated back into one mortgage. Now you're generating that $2,200 a month, which is going to go help pay towards that first mortgage. And you just put yourself from a bad situation back into a good situation. In in
1: this particular case, we're actually waiting for the wife to go back to work because once she goes back to work, her income will go up. And she was looking for a a career change too. So Mm -hmm. once she establishes herself in a new role with double income plus the basement rental income, you have a better situation to present to a lender for a full refinance as you're talking about. Right. And these are the opportunities and the plan and the strategy that help people realize, okay, I'm on a good plan here. I'm on, I'm on the right road to getting sorted out. And these are things that we explore. These are the things we take a lot of time dealing with our clients. And you know what? I enjoy it because there's a good story and a good ending. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what we're all about. We're trying to deal with positivity. We're trying to deal with situations that can improve. And unfortunately, people have some tough situations today, but I'm going to show them the light and the path to improve it. Right. That's the game plan.
0: This is some wonderful insight, and I hope uh, all our listeners that are listening to this podcast right now are taking a little bit of our advice and going to make those plans for 2024 come to reality. If people do want to you know, reach out, we are a DM away, a, a email away, or a phone call away. Please, please. You know, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'd be more than willing to sit down with you together collectively and work on getting those plans um, set up for them. And really, there's no obligation towards yep. it. And it's free advice for everybody, whether you want to do it and you can sit down and listen to us and whether you want to move forward with it or you don't, we'd be willing to help out regardless. Because for us, you know, the reason why we do all these things is about paying it forward. And we're truly big believers in paying it forward. Right. And that's what it's about for us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Vince, again, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we look forward to an exciting uh, growth relationship uh, within 2024 with you because you are part of our plans uh, moving forward. Thank you. And uh, and we thank you for coming on again.
1: It's been a lot of fun. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Looking to buy or sell? Call a team you can trust. Don't believe me? Our Google reviews say it all. Put us on your lawn, your house will be gone. Theopteam.com.